The Catalyst It started with Ruby Sandals. That's her name, swear to God, Ruby freaking Sandals. Yes, sandals aren't slippers, which would have been worse, and it's not even spelled the same. But it still counts as a form of child abuse, IMO. Might as well just fix her black hair into a permanent ponytail, buy her a shaggy terrier to stuff in a wicker basket, and teach her to sing about rainbows. I'm sure her parents thought they were being cute with that name, but a thing like that could mess a kid up for life. It didn't, though. Mess her up for life, that is. But only because Ruby looked nothing like a lost farm girl from Kansas. With her dark brown skin and tight jeans, Ruby was no Dorothy, and she was hard-nosed enough to stare down anyone who even thought about teasing her, which was always somebody. This was middle school. Everyone got teased by somebody sometime about something. At the very least, Ruby would give back double what she got. You had to admire that. Don't get the wrong idea. Ruby and I weren't friends. I will just say that up front. In fact, you can just assume that anyone I talk about isn't a friend of mine unless explicitly stated otherwise. Ruby was just a girl who sat in front of me in math class and ignored me out of habit. She had a backpack covered in faux sapphires. You didn't have to look close to tell the dark blue stones weren't real. This is Branton, not Beverly Hills. Anything flashy around here is fake. That's Branton, Michigan, by the way. Don't try to find it on a map. You'll need a microscope. It's one of a dozen dinky towns north of Lansing, one of the few that doesn't sound like it was named by a French explorer. Branton, Michigan. Population, not a lot and yet still too many I don't particularly care for. We have a shopping mall with a J.C. Penny and an Asian fusion place that everyone says they are dying to try, even though it's been there for three years now. Most of our other restaurants are attached to gas stations, the kind that serve rubbery purple hot dogs and sodas in buckets. There's a statue of Francis B. Stockbridge in the center of town. He's a Michigan State senator from prehistoric times with a beard that belongs on Rapunzel's twin brother. He wasn't born in Branton, of course. Nobody important was ever born in Branton. But we needed a statue for the front of the courthouse, and the name Stockbridge looks good on a copper plate. It's all for show. Branton's the kind of place that tries to pretend it's better than it really is. It's really the kind of place with more bars than bookstores and more churches than either. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's a place where teenagers still sometimes take baseball bats to mailboxes, and wearing the wrong brand of shoes gets you at least a dirty look. It snows a lot in Branton. Like avalanches dumped from the sky. Like heaps to hills to mountains, the plows carving their paths through our neighborhood, creating alpine ranges nearly tall enough to ski down. Some of the snow mounds are so big you can build houses inside them, complete with entryways and coat closets. Restrooms are down the hall on your right. Just look for the steaming yellow hole. There's nothing like that first Branton snow, though. 
soft as cat scruff and bleach white, so bright you can almost see your reflection in it. Then the plows come and churn up the earth underneath. The dirt and the boot tracks and the car exhaust mix together to make it all ash gray, almost black, and it sickens your stomach just to look at it. It happens everywhere, not just Branton, but here it's something you can count on. But I was telling you about how it started, the ban and the notes, and then the war that followed. I was telling you about Ruby Sandals getting into trouble, getting us all into trouble. Also, just so you know, this isn't Ruby's story. She's what my chemistry teacher calls a catalyst, something that jumpstarts a reaction.